0: Every time you buy a compressor, right? they've got one thing in common, the single phase 10 amp ones. They come with this pissy little cord that stretches hardly anywhere. And the glacé cherry on the icing of the cake of this insult is yet another corporate freaking warning. Can you read that? Do not use extension cord. Use only air hose for extension. Yeah, well, maybe we should talk about that. I'm John Logan from Auto Expert. I get new cars. (laughs) Cheap. Australia only. Website. Card. Now, I've got this question from Albo. Only... Not that peanut from Canberra named Albo who you wouldn't want living next door to you and whose only function seemingly is greenlighting endless coal and gas projects and hope the rest of us don't notice. Not that Albo. One whom you may not mind living next door to. And he goes. (sighs) There's a lot to unpack here. Just saying. Anyway, Albo, I purchased a new air compressors, Stanley TwinStack 2.75 horsepower with the 50 liter tank. Nice choice. That looks like a particularly nice unit. Just saying. As one air compressor aficionado to another. I purchased that last week and now have an issue with its warranty provision. Upon reading the manual that came with it, there is a specific requirement that the compressor must not be operated via an extension cord. Snap. (laughs) It's like a GIMP mask. Do they really need to say on a GIMP mask, caution may represent suffocation (sighs) hazard? It is a clear, explicit operating requirement that, in essence, it is to be connected directly to a 240-volt GPO. He means PowerPoint, obviously. And hence, my concern comes with a 1.4-metre lead. Well, didn't you get ripped off, son? I got a massive 1.8 with this baby. That's practically next postcode. They're all like that, dude. With this lead, the compressor I consider is not fit for purchase. I think he means purpose, but we'll let that one slide. There are no GPOs available in my garage within that metridge. He means distance, but yeah, okay, getting it. Question, what chance would I have with a warranty claim? Should a motor failure occur, notwithstanding that there's a further issue with them trying to limit their liability to two years? Well, I'm sorry for kicking you there. I didn't mean to do that. Jesus, how unprofessional within a reasonable time okay there's a bit to unpack with that one we'll get to that for sure it would suit them nicely to reject the warranty claim on the grounds that i've not followed their instructions because i could not prove compliance with that stupid requirement and then providing a 1.4 meter lead knowing the purchasers could not easily comply yes. much closer to the bin here <laughs> i think you'd agree A 10 or even 5 metre lead would not have been unreasonable for Stanley to provide with the compressor if the motors used are so sensitive to any voltage drop. And that is the crux of this issue. It's the voltage drop, right? We'll get to that. I'm happy to return as upon contacting the authorised Stanley Maintenance Department and questioning if that 1.4 metre lead was an error. And no, it's not. What? if you, you, Want a longer range, get a longer air hose was their response. <laughs> Don't stick. The capacity of the compressor is more than suitable for my needs. Yeah, that'd be a really nice home compressor, Albo. So I'd stick with it, dude. We'll get to that too. Do I ignore their instruction and operate with a longer lead and argue later? Shh just ends there. But I think we can see where Albo is coming from with this one. At least I can see where he's coming from and certainly you can too. And one obvious observation I'd make is that this compressor here, the one behind the wall just behind you, and the even bigger one just behind the wall just behind me, they've all got pissy little leads. And even the big 15 amp jobby over at the other fat cave that's got a pissy little lead and when i think about it every factory in which i have ever worked which has been quite a few actually they've had a compressor installation and it's been wired into the power because there's been a big three-phase job and they've run airlines everywhere the one thing you're always taught to do on building sites and anywhere where construction's happening and you need compressed air and it's all not finished off properly is stick the compressor in the PowerPoint and then run the air hose from the compressor to the job and join three of them mother levers together if you really need to but don't use an extension cord and the rest of this video is really just an attempt by me to explain exactly how manufacturers of compressors have their heads in a freaking vice when it comes to the advice that they give punters like you and me about using baby compressors like this, or slightly bigger ones, or much bigger ones, or even bigger ones, whatever, because they can't control the one great engineering variable that has never been fully addressed, but they do pretty well at petrol stations, I'd have to say, and that variable is human stupidity. I guess electricity is a little bit hard to conceptualise because you can't see it and yet you've got to crunch the numbers if you want to understand it but you might as well at least try because you've got so many freaking dispensers of it in your home and here's a couple I prepared earlier. Your average dual GPO in Australia is capable of in total from both of these outlets delivering 10 amps not to exceed 10 amps in total from both. Not 10 amps each in total, all right? But obviously, because there are plenty of these joined to the same circuit, the wiring and the breaker are rated at more than that. And the breaker is just like a modern day fuse. And its purpose is to stop you melting the wires in the wall. That's always bad. You need the fire brigade when that happens. And it's just undignified. The kids hate it, you know, living in a motel for a year. So we'll just whip up here and have a look at what happens at the source, at least at the source from the point of view of your dwelling, right, which just happens to be on the other side of the joint here. Fuse boxes are particularly scary places if your name is, I don't know, Edward Scissorhands or something. But really, all you can see in here is a whole bunch of breakers and the power ones are here and they're all rated at 20 amps. And what that means is in the walls and to the power points, we've got more than enough electricity to do basically anything. So there's no problem supplying electricity to a power hungry device at the wall. The problem is what happens when human stupidity interacts with a PowerPoint. What you stick into the wall really matters. And it really matters when you're hooking it up to a a really thirsty device, meaning a device that's designed to suck a hell of a lot of electricity out of the wall quickly, which essentially is the job description of every compressor I've ever seen. Because air, I know it doesn't look like it, but air is hate nature. Air is really thick stuff and that means it's hard to compress and it takes a long time to compress it to the point where it's got enough energy to do useful work, which is essentially the job of every compressor. So you're sucking a lot of juice out of the wall and you're doing it for a long time and therefore what you use to connect the compressor to the electricity supply is really gonna matter. So basically, if you want to understand the physics of this, you're talking about a 10-amp compressor in the range of 2.5 to 3 horsepower. And one horsepower is about 750 watts. One horsepower is actually 746 watts, but let's not make a liar out of anyone in the engineering ghetto over 4 watts out of 750, right? So... Electricity comes out of the wall at about 230 volts, but let's just say for shits and giggles, it was 250. That means every amp that you pull out of the wall is roughly a third of a horsepower. So one horsepower, three amps, two horsepowers, six amps, three horsepower, nine amps kind of thing. Okay, And that means you don't have much reserve capacity for every power point, which is limited to 10 amps. OK, and what you've got to understand is that the wiring in the wall is kind of like this. The wiring in the wall is thick and rigid and it, each conductor has a cross-sectional area of about two and a half square millimetres. So it'll carry a lot of electricity all over your house and be more than robust enough as a conductor deal to get more than enough electricity to every power point. And that's its job after all, right? And then you've got the breaker that is designed to trip when you get to 20 amps on any particular circuit. Okay, so that's a protection mechanism for the wiring. And when you look at the average sort of trade, you might think trade extension cord, you might think of something like this or something like this. You might go to Bunnings and you might look at these two extension cords and they might look about the same. Certainly they've both got the same plugs, they're both 10 amp extension cords, but when you actually read the fine print on the cable the cross-sectional area of the conductors in this times three is one square millimeter, one and a half for this baby. And guess what? This one was a lot more expensive, oh duh, because it's got 50% more copper in it. And the only thing about that is it has less resistance, therefore it carries more voltage over a longer distance. And if this is making your head spin, there's a dead German dude I have to introduce you to. He died in 1854, Jörg Ohm. Ohm's Law is named after him, coincidentally. He was um, deified by the science community for consigning voltage, current, and resistance into an endless three-way for the rest of time, where resistance gets to sit in the sidelines and just watch voltage get on top of current, basically. V- R equals V over I, V equals IR, same difference. It basically means that one ohm is one volt per amp, okay? And if you're really hazy about all of that shit and it's making you bleed from the ears, voltage is just like the pressure in the pipe pumping the electricity down through the pipe. And amps is like how much volume of electricity is coming through the pipe, right? It's really that simple. And the pipe itself, just like a physical pipe carrying gas or water or superheated steam, whatever, it's got resistance to flow. And electrical resistance is just that. And what happens is if you've got some dickhead out there, if you say, yeah, yeah, dude, use an extension cord, some dickhead is going to use an extension cord roughly like this. Okay. And I think you can see the difference between the different conductors I wouldn't be plugging anything but a few lights like LED lights for 15 watts or something into a cord such as this you could restrain somebody while you were you know asking them difficult questions and eliciting information it'd be okay for that but for actual hard electrical work not so much you really need something with robust uh, conductors in it to do the job so what happens is the voltage drops. If you've got some Pratt goes and puts an extends 30 meters of this in between a compressor and the power point, then there's going to be massive voltage drop across this okay and that means we're not going to get 230 to the compressor anymore we might get 200 or 190 something like that and that's kind of a problem because power equals volts times amps and the electrical motor is trying to deliver power to pump air into the tank okay and if the voltage drop drops that increases the current that is required to deliver that power to do the job. And if you do that, you're trying to pump more electrons down a pipe, and it's really hard work for them, so it generates a lot of heat, in the windings of the motor, and the motor will burn out. So if you use a pissy extension cord on a compressor, you burn the motor out, and then if you go and make a warranty claim, that's a very specific kind of failure, and it is emblematic of you using an extension cord and they look at it and go nah dude you were using an extension cord claim denied right so don't do that and what i've done with all of my compressors is they hook up to gpos i just built gpos near where i wanted the compressors if there wasn't already a gpo there i just got one installed to do that job because it's got these big fuck off wires and there's no Uh, chance of these wires causing any salient voltage drop between the board on the side of the house and the end of the compressor. Interestingly, the compressor only has one square millimetre conductors in its wiring, and that is kind of the standard for a 10 amp appliance. Like Single phase 10 amps is usually one square millimetre per conductor. 15 amps, 1.5 square millimetres per conductor. In the wall, 2.5 square millimetres of cross-sectional area per conductor. You can get flex that's 2.5 square millimetres per conductor. You could make yourself a replacement cord for your compressor out of something like this. It would void the warranty, but there'd be no voltage drop across the... uh, replacement cord that you used. You could get yourself one of these one and a half square millimeter um, extension cords and you could run your compressor off that and hope for the best. I know that Albo got his compressor for like 400 bucks. So we're really only talking about 400 bucks worth of risk. It's not like voiding the warranty on an $80,000 car by modifying it. We're risking the cost of repairing a $400 compressor or replacing it. So to me, that's not a huge risk at all. But the perfect solution, just put a PowerPoint where you need it, okay? If that's not going to work because it's a renter or something like that, go to an electrical wholesaler or go to Bunnings and read the side of the cable and get cable that's either one and a half or two and a half square millimetres per conductor and make yourself a longer primary cord for your compressor and then use that. That's not advice, by the way. That's just a pragmatic option because it's going to void your warranty. You're not supposed to do work on electrical appliances yourself, but, you know, people have done more heinous things in human history than install a better cord on their compressor. So there's that. But if you do that, that is absolutely on you. I guess the other thing you could do is you could just go and get a 15 amp extension cord, like, um, hold that thought, be back in one sec. Sorry, I just had the battery die, so I thought I'd come back to you in a different location, at least with a different angle. So this is an HPM 8 metre 15 amp pre-made extension cord. It's got 1.5 square millimetre conductors in it. You can tell it's 15 amp just by looking at it because 15 amp has a big fat earth pin, whereas your standard fairly crappy 10 amp jigger has a much thinner earth pin. And this is done for a really good reason. It's so that you can plug a 10 amp appliance into a 15 amp PowerPoint, but you can't plug a 15 amp appliance into a 10 amp PowerPoint because you're not supposed to try to drag 15 amps out of a 10 amp GPO they actually make 20s and 25s as well and they've got slight variations to the earth pins as well they've got little um, additional flutes in the earth pin and you can't plug you can plug 15 into 20 but not the other way around and you can plug 20 into 25 but not the other way around so that's very cleverly worked out yay engineers So this is part of a solution if you really want to have a compressor here and you've only got a GPO over there and you can't get a GPO where you need your compressor. There's plenty of conductor cross-sectional area in this baby. The only problem is how do you plug that into your 10 amp GPO? The ghetto hack, which I don't recommend people do it though, is that they just file the earth pin down so that it fits. If you don't want to be a dodgy mother butcher, you can get yourself this, which is much better thought out when you think about it. It's a 10 amp male plug on one end that goes into the GPO and a 15 amp jigger on the other end that goes into your shiny new 15 amp extension cord and you think jesus that's dodgy and it would be if it didn't also have a 10 amp breaker in the middle okay so you plug this in and if your appliance tries to drag more than 10 amps out of the wall the breaker trips and therefore you can't overload your PowerPoint. So that's kind of lovely as well. And if you did that, it means no surgery, no dodginess. You've got a big, fat, low voltage drop extension cord connected to a 10 amp GPO. You've put your compressor where you want, and you're in very little danger of overloading it. However, overloading your compressor, is also sort of operationally dependent as well, and you have to be mindful of that. So if you're operating in a really high ambient temperature environment, if the compressor is in the direct sun, it's the middle of the day, middle of summer, you're in the Kimberley or something, that's going to be different to winter in Hobart, okay? It just is. And it depends what you're operating with your compressor, because if you're operating something that consumes a lot of air often, you're going to have back-to-back restarts on the motor, and that's going to heat everything up and not give it very long in-between cycles to cool back down. However, if you're just, I don't know, kicking your compressor over and pumping up the tank once and going around your car once a week and giving all five tyres a couple of PSI and just topping them all up, then that's not extremely air dependent usage of your compressor so it's not so much of a factor there. So you've got to think about operationally as well. If you're using a die grinder and you've got a lot of grinding to do and you've got the whole bench stacked up with bits that need to be deburred or you know you've got to get the galvanizing off as a pre-welding thing and you've got you know I don't know 50 welds to do and you're doing you're doing it like process work you're doing all of the prep. Okay. You're going to have a lot of back-to-back restarts of the compressor with something like this as well, and that means that you're going to have to be mindful of how hot everything gets. So, operations matters as well. The simplest solutions over here though, we'll just go and have a look, yeah? It seems to me that the easiest way to do this though is just to comply with the warranty provisions and get yourself a GPO wherever you need it or put your compressor where there is a GPO such as just down here, I don't know if you can see that. There's a GPO just here behind the infamous Radius Master which is one of the best belt grinders you can have. Now, I've got a two and a half horsepower compressor just here behind the ladder. So I can get to the two quick coupling connectors just here. I don't need to use the ladder at the same time. I just reach through to the quick coupling connectors there. And one of the things I've got to connect to is just one of these big reels. These hose reels are awesome because they're retractable. They're out of the way. They're 20 meters of air hose, so you can get it to every corner of the fat cave plus you can get it to any car you've got in the driveway so that's remarkably versatile and convenient and out of the way when you don't need it and also you want to get yourself some of these flexible hoses with the compatible couplings because it's extremely fatiguing to work with a sort of a one of these stiff hoses all the time just connected to the tool it's very hard to do that but it's very easy to work with a smaller more flexible hose even though yeah you are going to lose some flow through this smaller hose but for many appliances it the flow rate doesn't matter because you're not using that much air like brad nailers and things of that nature you just you like to be able to lift them with as little fatigue into position as possible so a couple of these flexible hoses really will make your life a hell of a lot simpler as well and there's no danger of not complying with the warranty provisions of your compressor if you just dedicate an area to the compressor and the reel and then just make sure it's within 20 metres of wherever you want to work and most people have got a power point within 20 metres of where they need air. So I hope that helped mate. And uh, If it did, let me know in the comments. If I left anything out, let me know in the comments. If you think I'm wrong, (laughs) let me know in the comments. That's always a personal favourite for some of you. And uh, failing all of that, my work here is done and I'll see you on the next one.